First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. It's Grammy Week. It sure da, is. Da, 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 Grammy Week. What does that mean, Keith? It's music's biggest <laughs> night, and we've got lots of stuff to everyone talk knows, about. Everyone knows this song. This is the Grammy song. <laughs> it's actually Hooray for Hollywood. Yes, yeah. but you know. You know. <laughs> the kids don't um, know. Well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop and sometimes Grammys on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, it's our annual Grammy Awards preview episode. We'll tell you everything you need to know about this Sunday's big show, from the top nominees and forecasted winners to who is performing on the broadcast and how to watch. Plus, we have an interview with current Grammy nominee and 11-time winner and honorary Grammy recipient as well, Babyface. Woo! What hasn't this man won? The icon joins us to chat about his nomination this year for Best Traditional R&B Performance for the song Keeps On Fallin' featuring Ella May, which is from his latest album, Girls' Night Out. Plus, Babyface tells us about his upcoming tour with fellow Grammy winner Anita Baker. And speaking of tours, he also talks about the celebration tour from one Madonna, <laughs> thanks to Keith's prompting. But actually, he, was, he had delightful things to say about Madonna, so stay tuned for that in just a moment. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit Billboard.com slash podcasts. I will say that it was relevant for me to ask about Madonna. He's, he's worked with her in the past. It always is, Keith. On an album. He worked with her on Bedtime Stories, which was nominated for a Grammy for Best Pop Vocal Album. There's there's the word Grammy. There's the See? word Babyface. There's the word Madonna. He was he was talking about all the fabulous uh, girls on Girls' Night Out. And, you know, it just segued dovetail perfectly. <laughs> it always does, Keith. <laughs> all right. Well, music's biggest night, the 65th annual Grammy Awards, will take place this Sunday, February 5th, live from the Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles, hosted by Trevor Noah. The main show will kick off on CBS and Paramount Plus live beginning at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. 
Eastern. And before the main show that night, you can tune in to watch the Grammy Awards premiere ceremony where the vast majority of the awards will be handed out. If you want to see who's going to win, that's what you should be watching. (laughs) It will stream live earlier that day, beginning at 12.30 p.m. Pacific, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on the Recording Academy's YouTube channel. And it will also be co-hosted by current Grammy nominee Randy Rainbow and Billboard favorite, by the way. And it will boast presenters uh, in Oh Hey, Babyface and Jimmy Jam, among others. This year, awards will be handed out in 91 categories across both the premiere ceremony and the main Grammy Awards broadcast. But like Katie said, most of those awards will be given away on the premiere ceremony. The top nominees this year, which reflect the eligibility period of October 1st, 2021 through September 30th, 2022, are Beyonce with nine nominations, Kendrick Lamar with eight, and Adele and Brandi Carlile each with seven. I just want to say, because I typically cover the premiere ceremony, that, of course, the big four categories are always announced during the uh, primetime broadcast, but there are some major awards to some major superstars given out during the premiere ceremony. Like, all of a sudden, you'll be like, wait, huh? Ariana Grande is getting an award right now? And, like, fans who tune into the Grammys will be on Twitter and be like, wait, Ariana already got an award? Like, it's all happening, and you can watch it. Um, But the broadcast, obviously, is the, you know, is the one that everyone pays attention to. Right. Speaking of that broadcast, performers announced for the main Grammy show as of this recording on January 31st include the just-announced Harry Styles, also Lizzo, Bad Bunny, Mary J. Blige, Brandi Carlisle, Luke Combs, Steve Lacey, and Sam Smith with Kim Petras. So more perform- performers are sure to be announced by Sunday. I'm curious with these 10 nominees in the top big four categories, how they could possibly showcase, for instance, you know, the best new artist nominees. It's like impossible. So An, an ensemble medley with all 10 of them right. together. <laughs> I would love to hear it. They're singing, you know, Hands Across America. All their songs uh, mashed up together. <laughs> sure. Um, all right. Well, of the 91 categories, you can be sure that four of those most likely will be awarded on the main broadcast, the so-called Big Four Awards. And those are Album of the Year, Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best New Artist. And our awards out of there, Paul Grine, who we spoke about a few weeks ago on our episode when we talked after Grammy voting had wrapped. He thinks that album, record, and song of the year will each go to three different artists. So he's pegged the likely winner as Beyonce's Renaissance for album of the year, Harry Styles' As It Was for record of the year, and Adele's Easy On Me for song of the year. And for best new artist, Paul thinks that Lotto is the one in ten victor. That said... There's absolutely uh, sure to be surprises and curveballs. Absolutely. Though everyone is watching to see if Beyonce will win Album of the Year for the first time, it is quite conceivable that another artist like Bat Bunny mm-hmm. with his monster album Un Verano Senti, or Adele for her 30 album, mm. or Styles for Harry's House. Uh, could, I love that album. Could all snag the Album of the Year trophy. And you know, there's even a plausible path to, like, say, ABBA winning Album Keith. of the Year for Voyage. Katie says, Keith, but remember Steely Dan winning I one year? I was going to say, it's the kind of thing that happens at the Grammys that Beck, blows people's minds. Beck won over Beyonce's yeah. self-titled album. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so you're like, oh, yeah, it makes total sense for Renaissance to win. I'm like, yeah, also, it's the Recording Academy. But Anything wait can for happen. the spoilers. Well, tune in this Sunday to see if Beyonce triumphs with Album of the Year or who who may surprise her. Whatever Grammy surprise might happen. 
we'll we'll certainly be covering it all over the place oh, yes. on Billboard.com. Please stick with us that night. And now it's time for our interview with Babyface, the 11-time Grammy Award winner and Grammy Trustees Award honoree, joins us to talk about his current nomination for Best Traditional R&B Performance for his single, Keeps on Fallen, featuring LMA from his most recent album, Girls' Night Out. In our chat, we discuss the all-female collaborations project, and we even ask him about whether there's a direct line between this new project and his all-female Grammy-nominated Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. Plus, we talk about his latest achievement on the Billboard charts from his work on SZA's SOS album on the track Snooze and how excited he is for the success of that album. Plus, his upcoming tour dates with Grammy winner and music legend Anita Baker and what we can expect from that. So, take a listen to our chat with Babyface. I keep on falling in love Hello and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast, Babyface. How are you, sir? I'm very good, thank you. It's good to talk to you. Well, uh, you're joining us for our annual Grammy Awards preview episode, and it's only fitting as you're an 11-time winner and a current nominee this year. And this year, you've been honored with a nomination for Best Traditional R&B Performance for your song, Keeps on Fallen, featuring LMA, from your latest album, Girls Night Out. And it might sound cliche, but what did it mean for you to be nominated this year for this project? Well, I think that um, initially, like, actually, it's, it's uh, all together, it's 12 Grammys because there was a, a another Grammy that I got for as a, like, an honorary, honorary Grammy. I, I hate to be wrong with numbers, so thank you for correcting me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so this one, when this happened, you know, when you go through a period of, in your career you, and, and things are happening like that, you know, it's never that you, you never expected but I think this would probably be a little bit even more unexpected at this particular point in my career. So to get it at this point is to, to still be in a place of being nominated and not to be honored for past work you've done, but the work that you do now. That's uh, It makes it an extra honor. You know, I, I feel a privilege to, to be in the conversation, you know, and to be, um, be part of, be part of it. So it's a, uh, um, it's it's a very important nomination for me at this point. And uh, the Girls' Night Out project is made up entirely of collaborations with a new generation of female artists, including Ari yes. Lennox and Kehlani and Money Long. Um, the all-women theme made us think of your work producing and writing the Grammy-nominated all-female Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. Did you uh-huh. at all see Girls' Night Out as a kind of sister project to uh, your super successful Waiting to Exhale soundtrack? Well, you know, it wasn't necessarily... Uh, my thought to begin with that actually, uh, my partner and co-producer on this project, Rika, she, um, actually came up with the idea to, to work with the younger girls. And, um, and I like the idea of always collaborating, but the whole spin was to work with girls today opposed to what it was like yesterday. So, uh, because they, they are so different today than they were then, you know, and from their, their point of views, from how they sing, their phrases and everything, it's all different. And so, uh, it was, uh, it was a learning experience as well. And so like to compare it to the way you next, so the only comparison could be that it's all girls. But other than that, it's, you know, the approach was different because I, uh, that on that album, I, you know, I wrote everything and produced everything uh, myself. And um, whereas in this project, all the girls collaborated with me, they wrote with me. And um, so it was a, uh, collaborative effort throughout and 
and it was fun to shine a light on these artists. Some of these artists, it was kind of shining a new light on them. Whereas with EXO, most of those artists were already, their lights were already shining. So, um, and brightly. Had you already worked with um, the women who are on the project on Girls Night Out, or was it all new collaborations? It was, I mean, I uh, did some work with Kehlani before, but never really produced her. Never really was in the in the studio at the same time and actually produced the vocal with her. So that was the first time there. But other than that, no, all the girls were, were new. You know, you actually worked with SZA, another current Grammy nominee, on her new album, SOS, um, co-writing yeah. and co-producing the track Snooze. And uh, that album has been number one in the Billboard 100 now, 200 now for the past seven weeks. And yes. um, Snooze hit the top 40 on the Hot 100. What has it been like to see the success of this, you know, just unstoppable project? Well, I think just the whole uh, thing of working with SZA, because SZA actually came in and that, that actually came... That was a byproduct of the Girls' Night Out album because she came in to work on a couple of songs and we did a couple of songs and that was one of the songs that she actually did and uh, and she wanted to keep it for her project. And so it's great to to be a part of that. I think SZA is amazing. I think she's very deserving of this. I think I feel like she's been underappreciated, the, the talent that this, this girl has. She's so unique. And and so and, and just uh, I'm I'm amazed by her talent, to be honest, and uh, very happy for her success. I think it's very well deserved. You said a couple songs. I, how is there has only one of those been released? Are there others? That are only, in the only one of those been re, only one of those have been released There's one that we were working on. We never did quite finish it. And hopefully one day we'll finish it. SOS Deluxe. Girls Night yeah. Out Part Two. <laughs> right, <Yeah>. right. <laughs> um, you know, you've worked with such an expansive cross-generational list of artists over five decades um, of music from the 80s up through today. What has been the secret to your approach to working with so many different artists? And do you think that you, you know, have had to like evolve your musical sensibilities or do you think that your style has just lended itself to so many different generations of music? I think... As a musician, I've always tried to not be one particular thing and um, and be able to, you know, cross different genres and uh, not take just take the from. I always kind of look at it. If, if you're a full musician, then you should be able to do more than one thing. And what allows you to do that is to not have an ego to the point to where you think what you do is the best thing and always the best. So it's always uh, it's great to collaborate and get into a room and. Uh, and learn. And I would always listen to songs that might become big hit songs that my maybe my initial reaction was like, I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't understand why that happened. But I would listen to figure out, okay, what is it that people love about it? And and ultimately, once I would kind of like listen closer, then I, I'd figure those things out and I could appreciate it just as much. And so it's a question of always pushing yourself to not necessarily fight things, but to to, to really kind of listen to everything with an, with an open ear. I imagine working with all these different um, younger artists too, that like you said, they, they come in and they have their ideas and then you're able to piggyback off of those ideas. And, and maybe yes. you went in with the studio with one idea of what you were going to do and then came out with a completely different thing. No question. I think that, I, I think that in say with girls night out, a, a few of them definitely came in a little concerned that, it was going to be an older '90s sound, and um, they they weren't sure that I would know how to go around that, and uh, or be open 
to their ideas and open to going where they would want to go. And because in being open to it allowed us to be able to take them places that they wouldn't necessarily go. So, and I think that that was the, that was the trusting part of it. And once you get comfortable with each other, then you just, you just make music. Hopefully some of those folks have a uh, left the studio with a different (laughs) impression. And then when they walked in with, in most cases, I think that's what happened is that we, we, we all ended up having a good time with the session and learn something about each other. And I think that my whole feeling was to be able to bring a sense of song and a sense of, of passion with whatever they were doing. And to always try to look at trying to put that into every, every record that you do. And I think that that's, that was the, the overall lesson for every girl that, and that I worked with. And, um, it, I think because of that, I'm, I'm very proud of the, of the project. I can't not talk to Babyface without asking about a girl. You you said the word girl, girls night out. <laughs> the girl, the queen, the queen of pop, Madonna. <laughs> so I realize this is a retro moment. But please yeah. humor me. And I'm, I'll keep it Grammy themed because you worked with her on her Bedtime Stories album, which was nominated for Best Pop Vocal Album. So see, it all makes sense. I'm allowed to ask. You worked with her on that album for two songs, Forbidden Love and Take a Bow. Yes. And Take a Bow is uh, her song with the most weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100, seven weeks at number one. I had read that you had worked with her potentially on her next album, Ray of Light. Um, you had worked on some songs with her and was writing some songs, but eventually she went into a different direction. Do you recall what happened of those songs or if, if that is even true. And if any of those songs exist anywhere, that's not true. We didn't do any more work together. That was, those are the only things we did. That's it. Wow. You heard it here. You heard it here from Babyface himself. Lies on the internet, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. We're fact checking. (laughs) Well, um, I I do want to say, as you've probably heard, she's going on tour this year, the celebration tour. Yes. It's a very hot ticket, but I'm assuming you can probably get into the show. What would it take to maybe get you and her to reunite on stage to maybe sing Take a Bow together. I'm just saying, it was great to see you guys back on the AMAs back in the day. So can we have it happen again? I'd do it in a second. It was um, honestly, uh, one of the highlights of my career to share a stage with Madonna, obviously. She is definitely a queen, and she is she is a one-of-a-kind. One-of-a-kind icon and, and star and superstar, all the, all of the above. She was a pioneer in so many ways and opened up so many doors way before other people were thinking about doing certain things. She, she was there. The interesting thing about Take a Bow was I think that was a, a very different kind of song for her. In most cases, I think when we performed the AMAs, I remember she was very nervous and I was very nervous. And I couldn't believe that she was nervous, you know, at that particular point. But I think that there was there was just a little bit of we fell into a little bit of magic I'll take about. And we had some magic moments uh, with that song and it's a beautiful song. And yeah, at any point, if I ever, if she ever called me to come and sing that with her, I'd be there in a second. Let's make it happen. Come on, Madonna. You're, you're clearly listening. I'm sure. Um, right. <laughs> and uh, last thing, sort of forward looking, you're going on tour. Or you'll have, you'll have some dates with Anita Baker this year. Yes. Another, yeah. another Grammy winner and an icon and a legend. What can we expect from, from those shows? And are, at, at, at any point, will the two of you actually be on stage together to maybe sing some songs together? I don't know if that would, ha- that'll happen. I think at this point, we're just kind of getting our, getting our footing. You know, it's been, been a minute since uh, Anita's been out there in, in this in this way, so I'm looking forward to seeing her. 
I think that this, what can people expect is, is, you know, there's been a lot of people that have been going out and playing music and people really love to go out and hear the music live now. And the one great thing about Anita Baker, I'll say, is that when you go and see her, that she's, it's, it is Anita. And, and it sounds just like the records and feels just like the records. And, and so you immediately relive those moments from the first time you heard the song. It's like you'll be hearing it for the first time again with Anita. That's what she brings to the table. And that's what I try to do the same in, in terms of with my show as well. So I think that whether you're nostalgic or whether you just want to go back and, and, and relive moments, cause, um, it is, it's a great feeling when you're at a concert and you can actually do that. That's one of the best things about concerts. And as an artist, the best thing is when you're there and you're seeing people sing your words back to you. So that's what I, I look forward to those moments always. Well, we look forward to seeing you on the road this year and uh, good luck this Sunday at the Grammy Awards. Um, you'll you. also be a presenter at the premiere ceremony. So tune in uh, live online to watch Babyface present at the show. And uh, thank you again. Oh, great. Thank you. so much to babyface for making the time to speak with us good luck on sunday I, this man's resume keith i just you know doing research for this interview my god it's legends only legends only uh, like madonna i mean um, uh, yeah but yeah. obviously madonna but yeah. we didn't even mention you know whitney houston gave whitney or his first number one on the hot 100 was with whitney houston i'm your baby tonight that's right yeah well, Babyface continues our sterling nine-year streak of having a current Grammy nominee Ooh. on our annual Grammy Awards preview episode. Previously, we welcomed Nora Jones, Harry Connick Jr., Phineas, Casey Musgraves, Khalid, Kelly Clarkson, Josh Groban, and together in the same year, Annie Lennox and Nile Rogers. I love it. I love this episode. All right. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. I've kept this away from uh, Katie. Oh, did I? I didn't give it away, did I? With the, it doesn't have anything to do with I'm Your Baby Tonight? Nope. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, we're going to keep it babyface focused. Katie, babyface has worked with, well, everyone. everyone, and he's written and produced top 40 charting hits on the Billboard Hot 100 in each of the last five decades, from the 1980s on through the 2020s, thanks to his latest work Ooh. with SZA. Woo! Everyone from Whitney Houston and Pink to Tony Braxton and Madonna have notched massive hit singles on the Hot 100 thanks to their work with Babyface. But which of the following artists has he not written or produced a song mm. for okay. that also charted on the Billboard Hot 100? So that means he could have worked with them and then it just never charted on the Hot okay, 100 so for some reason. there's one that did not chart, one collaboration that did not chart. Yes, okay. of, of these people. Okay. He worked with possibly all of them. Okay. But one of them did not chart on the Hot 100 with something that he possibly worked on with. <laughs> okay. Here's your options. There's six of them. Mm -hmm. Paula Abdul, Backstreet Boys, Beyonce, Fall Out Boy, Ariana Grande, and Zendaya. Which of those artists has not charted on the Hot 100 with a song Babyface either wrote or produced? I feel like I'm going to get this wrong, but I'm just going to go for what my first gut instinct was. And I have a perfect track record in the year 2023, so I'm really putting it on the line. I'm saying Ariana Grande. You are not right. Oh, there goes my track record. Okay. Moving on. Um, who were the first? You need, can you give me the first? Paula Abdul. Yeah, Paula. Backstreet, Backstreet Boys, Beyonce, Fall Out Boy, Ariana, Zendaya. Okay, one more shot. 
I think he threw Zendaya in there to throw me off, and I'm pretty sure that she probably did because of that. So my next guess, and then you're going to tell me who it is, is um, my next guess is Beyonce. No. Oh, who is it? I'm done. I'm done guessing. It is Backstreet Boys. Oh, man. Babyface worked on the Black and Blue album. Yeah. On an album cut that wasn't a single. I knew they'd work together. Which but, is why I didn't pick it. But everyone else on that list has charted on the Hot 100 with something Wild. that either wrote or produced. Wild. So uh, there you have it, a little chart trivia around our guest this week, uh, the Billboard chart-topping Grammy legend, Babyface. All right, we've reached the end of our big Grammy preview episode. Katie, any final thoughts? I just have to say I loved um, Babyface's thoughts on, like— really truly collaborating with the artists that he works with going in with an open mind and leaving with something that you never could have expected because two people are in the room together like that's cool and that's why he's been working for this long he also defied expectations of uh, some of the ladies that he worked with on the girls Night out project which i thought was really interesting as well yep so you know it's always good to kind of go into Go into kind of anything with kind of a fresh, uh, clean slate. Clean slate. like, no, just put those expectations aside. And he talked about learning a lot from them, that they have such different perspectives than, you know, the artists he worked with decades earlier. It's just, it's it's really cool. It's quite the career. Should we go out on a classic, maybe, Babyface oh, track? Oh, we did talk a lot about Waiting to Exhale, so maybe we should do one of those songs. Ooh, wow. Sitting up in my room. That was what I was going to suggest. That was my that was my favorite. All right, Brandy, sitting up in my room from the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. We'll go out on that, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.